Hey guys, I am super excited to present our next opportunity. After months of due diligence, we have a new deal in the Austin San Antonio Hyper Growth Corridor. And the best part is that every GW investor gets reserve class preferred returns in this deal. The Villas at Sundance is a 252-unit Class A 4-plus asset built in 2012 in New Braunfels, which is the third fastest-growing city in the country, with a population growth of nearly 33% in 2023 alone, with many new major employers, entertainment, and the economic impact from tourism in the area is about $700 million. This is the submarket where I've been underwriting deals for the last few years for my personal portfolio. It has the highest occupancy in the Austin-San Antonio MSA, and since this is a core plus asset, it has high cash flow day one, the debt terms are conservative, that coupled with the expected population growth makes this a lower risk opportunity for the current economic cycle. And to make things sweeter, we're acquiring it at a substantial discount um, compared to the cost to build new in the market. And again, all GW investors get reserve class returns on this deal, which is huge. So if you want to learn more and catch the investor webinar, go on to generationalwealthmd.com slash Austin in lowercase. Today's topic, I think, is very interesting. It's about navigating the high interest rate environment and how you can still get cash flowing rentals with the 8% interest rate environment that we're in. Welcome to Generational Wealth MD's podcast on financial freedom through investing in real estate. My name is Param Baladandapani. I'm a mom, radiologist, real estate investor, and mentor to others looking to start or scale their real estate portfolios. The goal of this podcast is to provide you with inspiration, strategies, and insight so that you can stop trading your time for money and live life on your terms. If you love the episode, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. I think, you know, it's a very unique time, especially compared to the last few years, because on the one hand, interest rates are staying high there, you know, on average close to 8% about, about the time that we're doing this live. And on the other hand, um, single family homes. Now, in the multifamily space, prices have dropped. Uh, I think in most markets, we're seeing a 10 to 15% correction since the high market highs that we saw last year. But in the single family space, prices haven't necessarily dropped similarly, right? Um, you will see maybe a less than 5% uh, drop in prices in most markets that are strong. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that a lot of homeowners right now have interest rates locked in really low and um, they're, you know, they're, they really don't have any incentive to to move out of it, right? And so with the high interest rates and prices not having dropped, it's almost a double whammy. And as an investor going, learning about real estate investing, um, you know, it's very natural to struggle to find properties that make sense because you're always running the numbers, right? And the numbers need to make sense. And I'm sure a lot of you are thinking about, you know, waiting on the sidelines, waiting for interest rates, interest rates to drop before you can start investing again. I hear this all the time. And this episode, this topic, this discussion today, what I wanted to do is I wanted to um, really tackle this head on and talk about four strategic shifts you can make in the way you're investing to enable you to still invest with the you know, in the current environment and still have cash flowing um, rentals, right? Uh, because the way I look at it, and obviously there are multiple ways of looking at it, but, you know, I firmly believe that as rates start dropping, 
more and more buyers will be able to get into the market. And that's true in the single family space. That's true for the first time home buyer also, right? And with that, prices are going to start going up again. And for an investor, you're not as concerned about interest rates or about home price as much as you are about mortgage payments. And so as rates drop and prices start going up, you're going to notice that you're going to be in a similar position, right? So let's start by taking a look at, before we deep dive into the four different ways, the four strategies that our students within our coaching program are using even now to purchase cash flowing rentals, even in this market, let's take a look at a scenario, right? Um, and um, just to just have like a baseline number to understand you know, how much the market has actually shifted. If you take a look at a home that, you know, traditional, I say in each market, there's a sweet spot for the price to rent ratio, right? And so let's consider the Bakersfield market, which is where I'm from today as an example. And um, typically a property, a rental property that's about 400,000 in cost uh, is a, it, you know, it's usually a good rental property, all right? It is at that point where rents are typically about 2,500 on the lower end, going all the way up to 3,000, right? And so it's a good ratio for, where numbers made sense in the past. And so if you put $100,000 down in a, um, let's look at numbers in a 4% interest rate environment versus an 8% interest rate environment, right? With a four, In the 4% interest rate environment for that property with 25% down, your mortgage payment was likely about $1,400, okay? In the 8% interest rate environment, now suddenly your mortgage payment is about $2,200. So that's a huge shift. That's $800 more, right? So what does that do to you as an investor? Now, um, assuming this property had an income of $2,500 per month and operating expenses, that's property taxes, HOA, insurance, the things that you know, um, you're always going to have are about $800. That gives you a net operating income without factoring in your debt payment, right, of about $1,700, right? And if you're, you were in a 4% interest rate environment and your mortgage payment was $1,400, that $1,700 still made sense, right? You were still cash flow positive. But if with the interest rate's at 8%, you're now at $2,200 and your net operating income is only $1,700. So your negative $500 every month, and that's $6,000 a year. So now you will have on your hands what, if you ended up buying this and you don't really run your numbers, you'd have what we call an alligator, right? A negative cash flowing property that's sucking money from your pocket. It's not necessarily moving the needle anytime soon um, towards financial freedom for you. So what can you do? There are the two things. You can change your terms and your strategy. We'll talk about strategy shifts for pivotal things you can do to still cash flow in this environment. But I think it's also important for us as investors to have a shift in terms of our what our terms are, what we expect from a property, right? I have a friend who's been investing locally in Pennsylvania um, and they self-manage. And typically they were at about an 8% cash on cash when they purchased properties in their neighborhood, right? One of my really good friends. And today they're probably at a 3% cash on cash when they end up buying those properties and um, they're, I'm noticing hesitance, but again, I keep telling them you have to pivot and shift. Right now, that's a pretty decent number. You're breaking even, you're po cash flow positive. Um, you know, um, you do well even if you have a buffer in, in that property and it's time to change your terms, right? Change how you look at what, what you expect that cash on cash to be. So that's something we, we all need to do. 
Um, and then we have the strategy shifts, which which hopefully some of you can apply. But I think the other thing to think about from a broader perspective right now is this is also, and, and a lot of our members, even within our coaching program, um, have pivoted to investing directly and investing through syndications. And the reason is when you're investing passively in a syndication, as operators, we go in, we purchase properties that are discounted already. We're able to go in and use a lot of the strategies we're going to talk about, those four strategies. Someone's already going in and doing the work and giving you the opportunity to invest in something where you're able to take um um, you know, take advantage of the tax efficiencies of real estate and you're still able to get double digit, digit returns even in this environment, right? So that's those are the two pivotal shifts I think most people need to think about. Change the way you look at your, your terms for investing and you may, and then adding on syndications may be a way for you to continue to invest in the current environment. But that being said, um, and you know, we constantly have opportunities for those of you looking to invest passively. We, our current offering, um, you know, it, you, there is still some space on the wait list. So if you want to check it out, go to generationalwealthmd.com slash Atlanta3, Atlanta and lowercase, and you will see our deal webinar where we educate you on in terms of what the risk reward profile looks like. You can learn more and you can soft commit over there. But um, without spending too much more time on this, let's now deep dive into the four strategies that you can use as an investor and still make sense of the numbers and still purchase um, cash flowing properties. So the first thing I want to talk about is financing, right? Um, so there's always the debt and the deal, and both of them are equally important. And while we tend to focus so much on the numbers and uh, you know how much we can increase the rents and what the purchase price is, financing is something that, especially in the current environment, there are so many strategies to change the kind of financing you're acquiring to be able to then have a property that is cash flow positive, right? So let's talk about a few of those strategies um, that a lot of our students have been using. Subject to loans is an important one. This is where you are going in and you are taking over payments on an existing mortgage that is likely at a three to four, a sub four percent interest rate, right? So you get better rates. You may be able to, and oftentimes this is a seller who is distressed, who needs to really, you know, um, uh, get this property off their hands. And you may be able to negotiate a discount. You likely will go in with a ton of equity in that property. Um, if you listen to the most recent 3D Live, Mary talked about subject to, that's a strategy that she used to acquire her last um, rental. So it's a way for you to lock in better rates and get built-in equity into a property and purchase a property at a discount. So the numbers can still make sense, even in this market, right? So that's one one way to do it. Seller financing. Now, um, again, um, some of our students talked about seller financing the last time uh, we had our three-day event. And that's a, a strategy where if you have 40, and these are the statistics, about 40% of owners in this country don't have a mortgage on their property. And so they can actually serve as the bank and they can lend you the money and you can structure it in a way where you can either go in with a lower down payment or lower rates. You may even be able to go in and for the first few years have an interest only term where because you aren't paying the principal portion, you have a lower monthly payment and you are then cash flow positive, right? So you may be able to lock in a better rate where the numbers start making sense. That interest only period can make um, the numbers become attractive again where you're cash flow positive. So um, that's something else to think about in the current environment 
seller financing, having your seller. And oftentimes this is not something that they come up with. You have to actually have discussions and get them to the point where they are willing to finance the, pro, um, the, the, you know, uh, the loan, the, be your lender essentially, because it makes sense for both of you, right? So seller financing is another way to have the numbers make sense. Um, as far as interest only loans, that's the, that's the other thing you can look at in terms of financing. When you get a HELOC on a property, right, and you're using that for a down payment, you can have an interest-only period. With commercial loans, you can go in and have a period of interest-only where it gives you a buffer, right? It gives you two years, two to five years, where you can go in and just make those interest payments. And so you have a lower payment overall, your cash flow positive, and that gives you time till the interest rates start dropping or you're able to increase rents either because of market rent growth or because of going in and adding value to the property, right? Same thing with private lenders. You may be able to negotiate interest only periods. So that's another way to get creative with financing to have the numbers still make sense for you. And then the last thing I want to touch upon in terms of financing is going in with a higher down payment. Um, now, you'll sometimes if you are in a position to do this, you may be able to go in and pay all cash for a property. Uh, and then you have oftentimes you're at about a 5% cash on cash return or cap rate at that point when you're you paid all cash. And so the property will cash flow, right? Almost any property will cash flow if you're paying all cash for it. Um, and so the disadvantage to that is often that you really aren't able to take advantage of leverage and you aren't getting that leverage multiplier even when the property starts appreciating in value. But that 5% that you're seeing in cash flows only return from cash flow. Now, you may be able to tap into tax strategies where you're really boosting your returns because purchasing that property gives you a tax break, especially if you have real estate professional status or um, you know, you're know using one of those short-term rental strategy um, strategies where you can shelter your clinical income from taxes. So it may not be just that 5%, but even if it is just the 5% and you're not able to tap into those advanced tax strategies, you still have on average about 3% from market appreciation um, you know, in most markets. So you have an 8% average annualized return from that property. Now that isn't super attractive because it brings the returns down. It drags the returns down into the realm of what you can expect with the stock market. But I think um, it's still another way where you can get into real estate, you can refinance at some point and pull out your equity, right? Uh, it does give you an upper hand with negotiation. And sometimes I say, don't think about it just in terms of that one property. If you have, say, four properties and one of them you've paid for all cash, then across your portfolio, you may still be at a 60 to 70% LTV loan to value leverage, right? Um, so think of it from a holistic perspective, and sometimes it may make sense to even do that, right? So that's as far as financing. That's the first of the strategies. What else can you do? Um, the second thing you can do is add value to your property. Now, this is your typical Burr strategy. I've talked about this in the past. That's when you buy, you rehab, that's a BRRR. R, four R's, okay? So buy, rehab, um, and then you refinance the property. You've increased the value of the property by doing the rehab. You do a refinance, you pull out the equity, you then rent the property, and you can rent it for a higher price, and then you repeat the process, right? So that's the bird, typical birth strategy. Now that $400,000 property that you could rent for 2,500, if you did the birth strategy, if and this is where you really have to run numbers before you go in. But if you did it right, then you can get up to $3,000 in rent. And now you have a property where, um, you know, not only have you built in that equity, but you have a higher rent because of the, you're able to rent it 
for a higher rate and your numbers suddenly start making sense, right? So that's the second one. Um, the third thing, what else can you do in terms of shifting your strategy? Um, running your property as a short-term rental or a mid-term rental. And I talk, talk about this often too. A lot of our students within the coaching program are doing this and um, sometimes, especially if it's in a metro market, you have the ability to shift from a furnished long-term rental into a midterm rental or a midterm short-term rental combo. And that $400,000 property that would possibly give you $2,500 in rent as a long-term rental can suddenly, when it's a short-term or a midterm rental, and you've run it, you know, you're running it effectively, right? Um, again, I say that's like running a business, so you really need to know what you're doing. Um, but when you are doing it right, you can double to quadruple the rent you get from that property for that $400,000 property and suddenly the numbers begin making sense again, right? So that's another way that you can really um, increase your income, thereby uh, be able to still invest in the 8% interest rate environment. And finally, the fourth strategy is to purchase properties at a discount. Now, um, that may sound a little crazy given the environment we're in, but we are still seeing people, um, you know, in the single family and multifamily space who are able to go in and this may be through a wholesaler where you're they find distressed sellers this may be finding uh, distressed properties in other ways like foreclosed uh, properties that are getting close to foreclosure properties that are being auctioned right where um and this is true even in the multifamily space um operators where they have really bad debt and the debt is stressing the deal and they need to really offload the property um, and they don't they are upside down in the property so they may need to offload the property um, there are multiple ways to get a discount even in this market and when you do that getting that discount lowers your mortgage payment and the numbers start making sense again you could even do this when you're um, you know um, and this is almost similar to the value add strategy or you can add an additional bedroom and a bath and then thereby increase the rents. And so looking at hidden properties with hidden value, that's something else to think about, right? So those are your four core strategies that you would use even in this market that our students are using even in the current market to be able to find properties that make sense. That's what we're doing when we're investing, um, when, you know, when we're underwriting and bringing you these deals that we, uh, in the multifamily space with syndications. And so you really need to change the way you're thinking about investing right now. So you change the terms, uh, your terms, right? I want to get a 10% cash on cash on a long-term rental. That is a turnkey in um, a strong hybrid market. Not necessarily going to work right now. So changing your terms, being a little more realistic, you still want to buy properties that are break-even or cash flow positive. But being more realistic, changing your strategy. We talked about four core shifts and strategy that you can make. That's super helpful. Um, and then, um, and if that feels a lot overwhelming, then investing through syndications, investing passively, um, because as operators, we are going and finding discounted properties. We are going and using creative financing. The last few deals we had, um, loan assumptions, which is similar to, uh, a subject to, right, where we were able to get sub 4% interest rates. Uh, we go in and we add value in these apartments by doing rehabs and that, and you know we have economies of scale obviously but when we do that we're increasing the rents and then and you know the numbers are making sense there are those tax efficiencies that we talk about built into investing even passively through real estate syndication so you still get continue to get double digit returns in a de-risk property right and so for anyone looking for those opportunities our current offering is um in atlanta again a very strong market it's towards mill um fixed interest rate uh de-risks at 94 percent occupancy uh definitely check it out it's generationalwealthmd.com slash atlanta3 
in lowercase atlanta in lowercase and uh, we have a deal webinar uh, over there um the last date for soft commit was the 5th of november but we still have some space and so you can get on the wait list and you'll be notified as soon as um we have we are in a position to have you start um, signing the documents. So um, again, that's generationalwealthmd.com slash Atlanta three in lowercase. So I highly recommend. I don't think again, like I said, I don't think this is the time to be sitting out because uh, as soon as rates start dropping, which could be sometime next year, we will start seeing more people in the buyer's pool, again, driving rates up and more competition. And as an investor, you're looking for numbers that make sense and the numbers do make sense even in the current environment when you use any of the strategies we just discussed. So definitely highly recommend not letting that momentum uh, slow down, uh, but try to be a little more creative in terms of how you're looking at things and uh, always feel free to reach out if you have any questions. I hope you've been inspired by this episode and are ready to take action. Your feedback means the world to me. If you found value in what you heard, I would greatly appreciate it if you could take a moment to rate the podcast, leave a review, and follow the podcast. And if you really like the episode, share it with a friend. Your ratings, reviews, follows, and shares not only motivate me, but they also help others discover the show and join the community. So please share your thoughts. Let me know what you liked and even what you'd like to hear more of in the future. I can't wait to hear from you. Stay tuned for more exciting episodes. And until next time, take care.